This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. I am Steve Teal, and this is the Very Bold Radio and Podcast, and it's always such a blessing to have our KSLR listeners and our podcast listeners and, of course, our Facebook Live listeners. Today I want to tell you that we're going to do a Simple Man Bible Study Episode 8. Last time, a couple of weeks ago, I shared my personal story of desperation and feeling overwhelmed and underwater and reaching out to Jesus to beg him to reveal himself to me, to make himself known. Now, eventually he did, though the answer did not come right away for me. I promised, and I know you are waiting with bated breath. What does that mean anyway, bated breath? I had to Google it. It's from Shakespeare, of course. So you knew I had to Google it if it's Shakespeare. I didn't know what was going on. I know you're waiting with whatever that is, that bated breath. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. Your anticipation is killing you, right, in hopes that I will do what I promised I said I would do, part two of that simple man talking about desperation and being overwhelmed and underwater looking at the lens of Simon Peter. However, put your bated breath away. Give yourself a cinnamon mint or spearmint. And instead, today we look at questions that Simon Peter may or may not have the answer to. I'll be curious because – As I read things, I know you read things and come up with different ideas, but I feel a certain way about this incident with Peter and Jesus. Now, the small matter that Peter may not know the answer to, do you think that's going to stop Peter from giving an answer? Do you think we need to get to know Simon Peter a lot better if you don't know the answer? Peter's impulse almost always seems to be answer. Just answer now and worry about if it's right or wrong later. I love this guy, right? Jesus sure did. Peter, the man with no filter, has an answer, right or wrong, home run or strikeout. And I think we've got a pretty good example today. And yes, some of you will disagree if Peter does not know the answer but offers one anyway or if he did. But I do say Peter does not seem to be the guy who would ever answer a question with, huh, I don't know the answer to that, but let me check it out. No, he always seems to be guns ablazing with some answers. Just seems to come right out of his mouth. Are you like that? You know some people like that, right? Just comes out, no filter. You have questions for Jesus, don't you? Right? What would you like to have Jesus answer for you today? I wonder if Jesus would give you a direct answer or indirect, as he sometimes does with me. Or if your question would drive you to God's word where you can wrestle it over and engage your mind and heart and spirit to hear from God. Or do you have it all figured out? Simon Peter didn't have this one figured out, even if he pretended he did. So if you'll hang in there, we'll get to one time where that situation unfolded and Jesus had a strange solution, a ridiculous answer. Now, note, ridiculous is a word I've been using lately. It's a strange, bizarre, amazing, crazy, ridiculous answer to Simon Peter's question. So you got to hang in there for that. That's today on this Rock the World Episode 8 of the Simple Man Bible Study here on Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Teal, and I am a simple man. 
I realized as I was writing that. That's a lot of words for a simple dude, but you got to trust me. Rock the World, Episode 8, Simple Man, Bible Study, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. If you can say it five times fast, I will send you a book. Maybe it'll be one of mine. I don't know. I'm not sending you a book. You can't say it. You can't do it. I told you, I'm a mess. But my listeners, I trust you. I believe in you. You are smarter and sharper than me. So y'all just manage to keep up. Now, let's remind ourselves that Simon Peter, the rock, had some high-impact experiences with Jesus around water events and often fishing events. He was, like his brother Andrew and fellow teammate apostles John and James, professional fishermen. It makes me wonder what your world is. Are you a fisherman too? Are you outdoors type person? Are you indoors on the couch? Are you a hiker? Do you go skiing? Is it music that's kind of your world or sports? You know, that's for me. What about art? Movies, sometimes for me, if you've known me for a long time, you know movies are pretty important to me too. And of course, there's church. Where do you find yourself experiencing Jesus? I'm always interested to hear, especially those outside-of-the-box experiences, because it's true. God has spoken to me in the movie theater several times, and that seems outside-of-the-box. I've often found myself in those situations. I know it sounds ridiculous, but don't worry. I hear Jesus at church and worship more, but I also hear from him when I'm driving too, which is good because I do a lot of driving every week. So where do you hear Jesus and what does he say? I would love for you to share that with me. You can email me, steve at verybold.com. There it is, steve at verybold.com. I'd love to hear. Where are you hearing from him outside of the box and what is he telling you? Is he telling you something a little ridiculous? All right, back to Simon Peter, how he experienced Jesus on the water, near the water, or fishing. Let's recall again that after that long, frustrating night of not one fish caught, that Jesus, the carpenter, teacher, preacher, had told the fishermen, give it one more shot, go out into the deep, and let the nets down just one more time. And whether snarky or full of faith and obedience, Peter did do what Jesus said. Man, that is a recurring theme of us as we're going through this Simple Man Bible study, Rock the World, experiencing Jesus and watching him do amazing things. And that phrase just keeps coming up, do whatever he tells you, do whatever he tells you. But what if it doesn't make sense? It may not make sense to you. It may not make sense to anyone else. Apparently, it sometimes makes sense to Jesus. It makes sense to God. So do it anyway. Do whatever he tells you. This is how we get water to wine. This is how we get from five loaves and two fish to an all-you-can-eat buffet for 10,000 plus. This is how you get a man dead for four days and someone other than Jesus having to roll away that man's stone out of obedience. Do whatever he tells you so that Lazarus could come walking out of a cave. You see how Jesus involves us? Sickness to wholeness. Unclean lepers to clean leapers of joy. That's a terrible pun. That makes no sense. But hang in there with me. I'm a simple man. With Simon Peter, we get zero fish full of frustration to a fishapalooza full of a boat so much it starts to sink. Do whatever he tells you. Sure does lead to some amazing results, some bigger, some smaller. But when God is involved, what does it matter? 
If you're doing what he tells you, you're obeying, and he's blessing that. Big or small, do whatever he tells you. So keep this in mind. What is Jesus telling you to do today? Let his word and truth tell you. Listen. Let the Holy Spirit, the counselor that he gave you to be with you, to guide you and remind you, listen, and then do whatever he tells you. In Peter's experience that morning when the fish came in, it was a good kind of overwhelming, more fish than he could have imagined. That led to Simon Peter's incredible response of awareness that Jesus was completely different. To that point, I think Simon Peter probably had a curious but skeptical eye on Jesus, curious because Jesus was a powerful communicator, and curious because Jesus himself had nicknamed Simon the Rock. Remember that first encounter we talked about, that introduction, that nickname? And still, Peter was working his tail off overnight while this now-retired carpenter, now preacher-teacher, shows up in the morning with crowds of people hanging on his every word when you've been working all night. Doesn't look like that teacher-preacher's working, not compared to you, when you've been sweating and toiling all night long with nothing to show for it. But suddenly, everything changes. What was hard and difficult and sweat for you when Jesus gives you the instruction, go out one more time, let down the nets, becomes a miracle, a life-changing miracle for Simon Peter. Simon Peter falls on his knees and says, away from me, I'm full of sin and rebellion and disobedience. That's what it means. Amazing that sometimes in the obedience, we actually realize the extent of our disobedience and sometimes realize the extent of Jesus' power. I have plenty of experiences in my own life where in my obedience, it actually reveals the extent of my disobedience, which leads to revelation of Jesus' power, love, and wisdom. Because I don't know about you, but my obedience is entangled with resistance, reluctance, questions, doubts, And are you sure about this one, Lord? Do whatever he tells you. Help a simple man out here. Come on, help me feel better. Do you ever have reluctance to listen and do what God tells you? Tell me, please, you have questions, even doubts, some initial resistance that you temporarily deal with only to pop up later like you're at some whack-a-mole carnival game. They just keep popping up. Even so, can we do whatever he tells you? How about this? Pray for the sick. They may not be healed. Do it anyway. They may not be healed, but they might do it anyway. They may not be healed, but they might be helped. They might be encouraged by your prayer. So do it anyway. I was at Five Guys the other day getting to hang out with one of my youth from River City Church in New Braunfels, hanging out with Paula. Had an incredible time. The cashier who was helping us at Five Guys, pretty good burgers, by the way, who was helping us, uh, she had a pain in her tooth. And so I said, can we pray for you? We prayed for her. We prayed for healing. And she was encouraged, even if she wasn't healed on the spot. Later on, as we were leaving, I checked and said, how are you doing any better? And she said, it's improving. It's improving. So even if it had not been improved, she had already been encouraged that someone else cared enough to pray. So 
do whatever he tells you, do it anyway. Forgive someone who has hurt you. The relationship might not be restored. Do it anyway. Forgive someone who's hurt you, even if they won't respond to you or interact with you. Maybe even you cannot connect with them to tell them that you forgive them. Do it with Jesus' help. Take that pain and hurt to Jesus and say, here's the hurt. I'm giving it to you. He'll take it. I'm not holding on to it anymore. I've been hurt, but it's not mine to own anymore. It's not mine to water, to feed, to tend to anymore. I'm letting go. Jesus, would you give me something? (laughs) It's a trade. Would you give me something in exchange for this hurt that I'm giving over to you? Jesus, I know it's not a fair trade, but here's this hurt. Would you give me something for it? Today is the day to let go. Forgive us our sins, Jesus taught, as we forgive those who sin against us. Yeah, it's hard. But Jesus is your connection. He is here to help you. So don't feel like it? Yeah, me either. Do whatever he tells you. Do it anyway. How about bless someone with your words of encouragement, with a helping hand, with your joy, with your listening ear? Give a gift to someone that's not expecting it. They might not appreciate it. They might not seem to be impacted. Obedience. Do whatever he tells you. Do it anyway. How about run from temptation? (laughs) Flee. It's easier to give in. Sure, no doubt. But today, flee. Get the win today. Run. Burns more calories anyway. (laughs) Don't feel like fleeing? Do it anyway. That's a win. Celebrate it. Do whatever he tells you. Do it anyway. Maybe it's a simple Holy Spirit command. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Do whatever he tells you. Do it anyway. Now, listen, I like big stories. A lot of my stories are little stories. Some of them are big stories that you expect an incredible ending, and then there's a little twist, and it's not as big as anticipated. And yet I see God in those stories so many times. Now, a big story in my life that I shared the last time with my testimony, the 16-year-old version of myself thinking Jesus was going to heal that family friend of cancer, that's a big story, even though in the end there was not that physical healing. I pray there was that spiritual healing for him, but there definitely was that spiritual healing for me. Do it anyways. Do whatever he tells you. I do like big stories, but I like those surprise endings too because you know who the author is of those? That's God. Do it. Anyway, do whatever he tells you. But I do like little stories because it sure seems to me a lot of life is in the little stories, little stories of obedience, little stories of faith, little stories of trust. Here's a recent little story of mine. So don't wait for the big payoff. I thought maybe I was hearing the Holy Spirit. Did I want to hear the Holy Spirit? Honestly, not at that moment. Do you ever not want to hear? It sounds so counterintuitive, but yeah, sometimes I don't. Not really. Do you think less of me now? Good. You should. I heard the voice, that Holy Spirit, that internal, that heart and mind, not audible in this case, saying these three words, go down there. Go down there. (laughs) Did that make sense? No. It did not make sense. Besides, I was trying to get another 30 minutes of sleep in at the time when the Holy Spirit decided it's time to tell him, go down there. 
I would have settled for even 15 minutes more of Z's. I rolled over, put a pillow over my head, which would help soften the ambient noise of traffic outside and the barking dogs in nearby backyards, but doesn't do much to stifle the internal voice of the Holy Spirit. Such a shame. I rolled over in bed in some desperate hope that the voice couldn't reach me there. Go down there, repeated, without further clarifying instruction because I guess God knew I wouldn't need them yet. It was a recent Wednesday, and I had plenty of other stuff to do. You hear me? Plenty of other stuff. Do whatever he tells you. Do it anyway. Earlier in the week, I had thought, man, Wednesday looked like a good day to have a chapel with my hockey guys for the San Antonio Rampage. I've been chaplain for the Rampage uh, for two seasons, and unless I move to Las Vegas, that is coming to a close. Yes, the Spurs. I love you, Spurs. But doggone it, you sold the rampage to the Vegas Golden Knights. It's very sad for us San Antonio hockey fans. Nonetheless, I'm going to finish strong with the last couple of months of the season with the guys that God has blessed me to get to be a little bit in their lives, a part of their lives. So just a little background. Chapel is for the players, so it's dependent upon their schedules, their times. Unlike my coach's Bible studies, we don't have a set time because these guys are on the road. They're in community. They have practice this day, not practice that day. Their routine is not very routine. So with my own schedule, I don't always have more than one option that I could try to fit during a week and sometimes none. So I had communicated with my chapel leaders and asked them if they wanted to have chapel that Wednesday. And you know what I heard? Crickets, not a zip. Sometimes that happens. They got a lot going on. I didn't hear back from either of them, so I just put the thought away because uh, I knew that they usually eventually get back to me with a reply. So even if it wasn't that, you know, Monday, I'd hear from Tuesday or I'd hear from whenever. But Wednesday rolled around and I still hadn't heard from them. But I heard from someone. I heard from God. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, living inside of me, the same Spirit by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, Papa, God, the same Counselor, Jesus called him the Advocate, the Guide, the Spirit of Jesus inside of me, speaking, whispering, and saying, go down there. Go down there. What? Go down where? But I knew. I knew that go down there meant to the very least to go down from our home in New Braunfels to San Antonio, but I suspected it meant more. Wouldn't I like to tell you that I heard go down there and my response was, yes, sir, here we go. But I was resistant because it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because the players hadn't told me to come down to the rink. They surely had something else going on. I resisted again, and the voice said, go down there. I got up out of bed just because I didn't want to have the voice wake me up out of my own bed. I took a shower, having a dialogue with myself at this point. Why would I go down there? I'm going to look stupid. This makes no sense. Then I would argue with myself. Even if you just go down there, you can pray for them while they're at practice. It's better than nothing. It's not bad. I got in my car. I headed to San Antonio down I-35, still unconvinced that this was the right thing to do. I had formulated the thought that, well, technically, I know God is saying to go to San Antonio, go down there. I mean, maybe I don't have to go to the practice rink. I could go and work it nearby at one of my many offices, usually known as Chick-fil-A, by the way. I arrived at the rink Instead, silly as it was, I went upstairs to watch. I turned on the lights. I watched quietly, cheered my chapel players, and eventually practice ended. 
had no clue if my players even knew I was there. Not a clue. So I waited. I waited there upstairs by myself below on the ice. The Zamboni circled, did its job, but just me upstairs. I waited for a text from the players in case they had seen me. I felt in prayer that I should not text them. I was listening to the Holy Spirit. I waited to the point of awkwardness. I'm sure good at awkwardness. How do you do with that? (laughs) I decided, well, I'll leave my stuff here, go to the bathroom, come back and get it and leave. At least I prayed for them. That'll have to do. I walked to the restroom, came back to get my stuff, and there were three of my Rampage Chapel guys walking toward me. I had no clue they had seen me, but they must have. Two other guys joined them. We had a pretty good chapel, too. Not bad lesson to go over, but for me, the lesson, again, reinforced for the, what, a thousandth time more than that, and yet I have to learn it over and over again. Do whatever he tells you. It doesn't make sense. Do it anyway. Now, in my case, I wish I could say that, man, some of those hockey players gave their lives to Jesus on the spot, and there was a revival, and it just spread, da 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 But no. Do whatever he tells you. Do it anyway. Trust him for the whatever results that may or may not come. Which brings us back to Simon Peter. Have you been waiting? Man, finally, enough of that guy, Steve. Let's talk about Simon Peter. Yes, Matthew seventeen twenty four to 28. This wonderfully ridiculous story of Jesus' power and provision and goodness and all of it. It reads like this. After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, and I'm kind of jumping ahead in the story. We've got a lot more Peter that uh, we'll get to before this scene would arrive, but this seemed right for today. The collectors of the two drachma temple tax, this according to my commentators was worth two days wages, came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? And here's where Peter responds. Yes, he does, he replied. And I just feel like, I know a little bit about Peter, I just feel like it just came out of his mouth without a lot of thought. Like I said, this is where we might disagree, but I think it was an impulsive yes. Have you ever done that? Someone has asked you something in such a way that you're expected to say yes, and you just answer yes, and then you're like later, wait, why did I say yes? Now, sometimes I've done that. I've walked it back as well, but uh, I'm not sure that Peter knew how to walk anything back. But even if Peter did actually know that, yeah, Jesus paid the temple tax, which, uh, by the way, you hear about tax collectors in the New Testament, the Jews who worked for the Romans and were hated for being sellouts and extortionists. These are different tax collectors. They were not sellouts at all. This was for the temple itself. And this tax was prescribed in the Old Testament. But back to Peter. Even if he did know the answer was yes, Jesus paid the temple tax, we can tell from the coming context that he sure didn't know why Jesus would pay the temple tax. I want to remind you of the wonder of God, the wonder of Jesus today, the marvelous more than enough Jesus who is creator and creative, who could turn a cup of water into wine, just one cup, and it would impress us. A few gallons would impress us, would be a great sign. Who could have taken five loaves and two fish and fed a hundred people with it, and that would have still been miraculous. Who could have called Lazarus back to life after one hour in the tomb, and I would have been amazed. One day in the tomb, even. 
with Simon Peter himself. Couldn't Jesus have had just a few fish show up to make his point? But would you consider that our Lord Jesus is ridiculously creative and magnificently more than we could imagine? So we get 120 to 180 gallons of the best wine you've ever sampled. We get not feeding 100 people, but feeding 10,000 or 15,000 or 20,000 people off of five loaves and two fish. He could have healed Lazarus even before he died. But no, Jesus waits for four days because he knows we need the exclamation point. Sometimes we need the exclamation point. We need to see the abundance of God. Not every time, but we need to experience every once in a while that Jesus is more than enough. But even when we don't experience the ridiculous, the amazing, the overwhelming goodness and abundance of Jesus, can we at least recognize that he is amazing and that, yes, he is way more, way more than enough? Can we at least tell him, Jesus, sometimes you're subtle, sometimes you're quiet about it, but you always can. You're always capable of the impossible, the improbable, the unlikely. That yes, Jesus, maybe you often say, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not taking this thorn away from you. Maybe even often, but not always. Sometimes, Jesus, you just blow us away with your goodness, your abundance, your power. And we are reminded that, Jesus, you are the God of the big stories. But you, Jesus, are also the God of the little stories. And either way, we love you, we worship you, we praise you, we live for you. Oh, back to Peter. Back to Peter. Okay, back to Peter. What do you think now? What is Jesus going to come up with in this situation, this scripture from Matthew 17? Is he going to come up with a nice little speech? He surely could say something similar. One of his most famous uh, sayings was when he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And that had to do with tax. That's always been amazing wisdom. So when Peter came into the house, it says, that's from scripture, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? And Peter answered, from others. Jesus said, then the children are exempt. But so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your line, which is interesting. Usually they were throwing out nets, but here we have one solo fisherman in his line, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Do whatever he tells you. (laughs) That's fairly ridiculous. Go and fish. And the first fish is going to have this silver coin that will pay for our taxes. What is happening here? Jesus is showing his all-powerful, all-knowing, loving provision is more than enough. He doesn't have to. Jesus doesn't have to be so creative. How beautiful that he would send Peter to the lake, where Peter loves to be anyway. How beautiful that he would send Peter to fish and catch a fish that would have this coin of silver to pay the temple tax for both of them. To me, it doesn't seem necessary, 
But sometimes God just chooses to show us an abundance of his goodness just because. And it's just because he loves you. And it's just because you need a reminder of his power and his grace and his goodness and his love. It's crazy, too. What happens at the lake with Peter and that first fish caught is clearly implied it happened just like Jesus said it would. But Matthew, our writer here, I might have a few words with Matthew on this one when I get to heaven. Hey, man, why didn't you include the rest of the story? And he'd be like, well, you simple man. It's just so obvious. (laughs) But he doesn't feel that it's important to finish the story. It's just, oh, Peter went down and caught the fish with the silver coin. It's just obvious. I wonder if Peter had any resistance when Jesus told him to do something so ridiculous. What do you think? Did he resist? Did he wonder if Jesus was serious or kidding? Did he shake his head like I do sometimes? You ever shake your head? Come on. Come on, Lord. That That's weird. That's strange. This is crazy. This is crazy. When he threw out his line, when he caught that fish, wouldn't you love to be there to see his anticipation as he looked in the fish's mouth and saw that silver coin? Boy, I'd love to be there when Jesus speaks to you through his spirit and tells you to do something that seems a little little ridiculous, even if it's forgiving someone, even if it's blessing someone. I would love to be there when you get that point when there's a reveal of Jesus saying, see, I told you, I've got this. And he does. He's got you. So listen and do whatever he tells you. Listen for the Holy Spirit. Let him speak. Wrestle with it. Resist a bit, but come back around. Don't over resist. Do whatever he tells you. God is in the abundant big stories with exclamation points, and God is glorified in the little stories of obedience that may go unrecalled or celebrated, but do it anyway. I'm Steve Teal. This is Simple Man Bible Study on Very Bold Radio Podcast. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And remember, therefore, since we have such a hope, such an incredible, creative, loving Jesus, loving God, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.